off the top, we top the top From the shots that's called to the tomahawks To the league boss and the ones who lost Give it to me once, I don't drop the ball To the home runs that was out the park Kershaw when I'm pitching off Kobe the Howard, he looking soft LA Rams in the city, y'all Got special guests, got breaking news Come top the top with Chatter's box Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is Monday afternoon. It is 12 o'clock on the dot. Hopefully it's 12 o'clock on the dot wherever you are. But you guys are listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas. We are recording live from the basement of UNLV here at the Greenspun Urban Affairs. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson. Alex White is actually hard at work with UNLV summer camp. That is cheer camp. Um, like I said, they're bringing home trophies. So shout out to Alex. Hopefully she's listening. Shout out to her family. I'm hoping that she that they're listening as well. Shout out to Sib. Um, shout out to Mama White. Shout out to um, OG Kenny White. Also, let's go ahead and give a shout out to my parents as well who uh, who are listening for sure. Um, once again, just thank you guys for being on the show. And as always, it's funny because this is the first year that I've done this show here. And um, this is the first time I've done the show here and um, here at UNLV. And I'm learning the way that everything is moving this first year. I'm learning the way that, okay, what summer's going to look like, what end season's going to look like, and things of that nature. So what it's looking like is going to be a, a, a common occurrence here on this show is Duna's here during summer. Hey. That's what it's looking like. Hey. So we got Duna popping. So. Hey. Duna, you got on headphones, bro. I do. And I'm going to keep it a band. Can you hear everything? I can definitely hear everything. You can hear everything. It's clean. It's smooth. Yes. All right. Let me tell you why. I brought my headphones, and I'm not going to wear them. Okay. Bro, I got a fresh retwist. Bro, I'm not putting Ah. anything on my head. I'm not putting a thing on my head. Shout out to Caprice for retwisting the hair. Shout out. I mean, you, I, bro, you, you, you've had locks. I had them. Yes, I. Had so you know them. to do. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a whole different energy. Like it's, I'm, I'm on a whole nother level right now. I'm like, you, you, you feeling like the man? You start to question yourself when, when you, when you don't see your scalp. You, <laughs> you start to kind of sit there like, wait a minute, hold on. I know I'm supposed to see my. Wait, hold on. So once she retwisted it, um, I went to sleep and, and shout out to her because she's getting a lot better with it. And for the people who do hair, this is a podcast conversation. But for everybody who listens to this show, you guys know we start the first 25 minutes of the show essentially with the podcast. Yeah. So none of this sh- should surprise you if it does. Eh, next week it shouldn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, but we're going to pretty much start every show like this. But um, I want to know who, the people who do hair. I had somebody tell me, granted, she's been locking hair since like since she was a kid, like seriously all her life um, based on what her mom was doing. So she told me she could retwist my entire head in an hour. It's possible. See, and I've only had my locks for a year, so I don't want to sound crazy and call nobody no liar. But it's for sure possible. I'm looking at the situation like eh, Caprice learned to, to twist my hair. And she's the only person who's touched my hair aside from my auntie who started it. Shout out to my auntie Lisa. Um, and Caprice has been the only person that's been retwisting it. I need to find a backup person because Caprice can't always do it. Yeah. But um, and it sucks because you don't want to never. Yeah, you, you don't want to. It's, it's like going like when you got a haircut. That's like for going sure, to your, that's like bro. Going to another barber, bro. You don't want to do that. 
And not only that, bro, people got to realize, too, and this is definitely a podcast conversation, but people got to realize, too, I don't want, and (laughs) it's funny because I don't want certain people touching my hair, period. Not necessarily even doing my hair, just don't touch my hair. I, I gotta, I gotta be able to trust you for sure. Like your energy has to be solid. Like we yeah. gotta be on good. Again, <laughs> I'm gonna keep mentioning podcast. Speaking of podcast, episode ten, uh, Battle with the Summer was recorded. Battle with the Summers, that's the name of it. It was recorded. Um, are my volumes fine? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just, I'm, I'm watching, the, I'm watching the screen go like, you, crazy right now. So you it's sound good. good. You sound good. Like all right, solid. I'm back away from the mic anyway. But um. So yeah, episode 10, Battle with the Summers. Shout out to Ivy Rose, who hosted a brunch style yeah, podcast. So this was fun. That was definitely fun. <laughs> it was me and Duna, and it was Ivy, Caprice, and Aaliyah. Um, so we had five people. And see, this is what this is what happens when like special guests are in the are on the podcast like abruptly because Ivy's roommate, when she walked in, she even hopped on the mic and started saying yeah. something. So, so that's how little special guest. Yeah, exactly. The conversation went everywhere, as it usually does, as is the first 25 minutes of this one. Um, but yeah, man, so obviously we're in, we're kind of in podcast mode right now, but I don't like certain energies in my hair. Like, I need to know that, like, I don't know, man. If we look at, if we look back in history and people who do believe in, like, voodoo and witchcraft and things of that nature... A lot can be done with hair. So much can be done with hair. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm very precise. And also, I pay attention to when I wanted to originally grow my locks. Um, This is why you can't take, like, certain journeys with people because I was asking around. And I didn't realize it's not necessarily something that you ask other people. Like, you either start it or you don't. So, at the time, I didn't know. And you'd be surprised how many people told me no. And it's like once I found out, and I, granted, I don't know if they knew what what locks kind of stood for and what the what the journey represents, but um, I kind of look at them now, and I'm like, I I now that I have them, I still don't know how close I want you to me. Like it's one of those where I'm like, I'm just not sure. Like you didn't want me to reach my full potential, but um, I don't know, man. This is funny. I, I don't know, and I had them. I had three. So shout out to Ashley because she started mine. Uh, she started mine, then she moved. So and then that's when I picked up with Denier. Shout out to her because shout know out what I'm saying? she did it when Ashley couldn't, and it was tough because it's like you know, like you said, you don't want to just keep going to different people to get your hair done. For sure not. Um, but then when Denier couldn't do it, I had to find somebody else, and I didn't want to do it myself because it wasn't looking so good. Right. So shout out to Sarah J because she finished it off. You know what I'm saying for like a good year or two that I had them. Um, but definitely you want to you want people that's positive. You want people that you know that you can like be cool with that you can have conversations while you're getting your hair done. For sure. You don't want to just sit there and just be all quiet and then oh your hair done. Like Sarah J really did my hair in an hour. I, bro, I'm so retwist, retwist. You see my scalp braided, and and uh blow dry like in that whole hour, bro. How she do that? Like that wait a hour, minute, bro. Like like she's just been she's been doing hair. So what's the longest it ever took your hair to get locked or retwisted? I should Re- say retwisted. Uh, 
Cause I got a crazy story. I, I probably, I probably say like from the be, like the beginning, like the early stages. Uh-huh. It probably take about two hours. Cause you gotta do, no, bro. You gotta go one by one. Nah, at bro. least at least an hour and a half to two. Cause you gotta go one by one. Cause uh, like if you use beeswax, it's harder. I don't use beeswax, but when I first started, I was using Cantu, and I don't want to necessarily sound yeah, like see, I'm. I started off with beeswax, and beeswax is only just curling up my hair. Like it yeah, was, it wasn't locking it. So okay, I had to get the Jamaican stuff. But and see, then, Cantu was locking mine, but Cantu was flaking, uh, and like it, it scared me for a second because I had just started my locks, and I was yeah. like, I know I don't have a head full of dandruff. Like, yeah, what's going on? You gotta get Jamaican products. Oh, I got I got mad Moroccan oil, mad <laughs> yeah. argan oil now. Like, I got all types of stuff. Dude. I'm actually um, follow. Oh, excuse me, follow Pineapple OG on Instagram. Once again, that's Pineapple OG, exactly the way that it sounds. Uh, shout out to Emery Collins, who's um, doing something real big in terms of hair products, even uh, fellas for your beard, um, um, substitutes for like lotions and things of that nature. She has like her like body creams. I mean, hey man, I'm gonna support anybody, especially that I that I got it out the mud with. Um, shout out to Westchester High School, that's where we met. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'm gonna obviously try to support anybody who's doing something positive because there's plenty of other things that we could be doing. Um, I guess I want to talk a little bit about last night because last night, shout out to Chris DeStefano. Um, if you guys haven't already done it, if you guys haven't already done so, check out his. Um, his uh, one-hour special on Comedy Central, size 38 waist. Once again, that's Chris DeStefano, formerly of Guy Code, formerly of Girl Code. Uh, he does uh, Stupid Questions with Chris DeStefano on Comedy Central. Um, just signed another deal with them, so more is, more is to come. Uh, he performed last night with uh, with um, with Don DePaula, and uh, I'm the MC's name is blanking me for whatever reason. And... Um, Sure enough, we went over to the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club. When we first walked in, shout out to Pam Loshak. Shout out to um to Chris's publicist. And we went ahead, we went to the show, got there. Uh I don't know why how it always happens. And I feel like I still haven't gotten good at this. And I've I've been in Vegas for two years now, and I still don't think I've got I've excelled at this. I make it to every place 15 minutes late. Every place. Just doesn't matter. I think it's because it's like when you're in Vegas and you've been here so long, everything is short distance. So you, yeah, so you think so you press your luck. <laughs> yeah, you keep pressing your <laughs> luck and you keep in and up. Cause I didn't. Cause you know what's funny? I looked it up the night before and I was like, hmm, the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club, 15 minutes away. Bet, dog. I didn't walk out the house till 7:50. I was like, this ain't gonna work. This ain't gonna work. I know it ain't. So I was like, all right, whatever. So we ended up getting there. Shout out to Pam Loshak again. When we walk in, um, took us maybe 30, 45 seconds to get in. Um, did bag check. We went ahead and went upstairs. And once we got up there, the usher came and talked to us. He looked at the tickets. He said, give me a second. I said, okay. I said, I already know, like, they probably got to figure out where I'm sitting, whatever, whatever. He tells um, the other usher, like, oh, he's going to take you guys to the seats. Like, all right, cool. I'm walking over to the seats. We have front row off to the right, like tucked off to the right. And I was wondering, like, okay. And then I looked at the tickets and they said reserved and they said A or whatever the case. So I was like, oh, we're his guests. Like, <laughs> oh, like it's one of those. So I sat there and I was like, 
oh, okay, let's see, so let's see how this goes. Obviously, the show starts, the show's hilarious. And when Chris comes out, he's 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 doing his routine, and there's a moment in the routine where I, um, again, if you haven't checked out the um the Q and A that I did with Chris, it was I think it went up just about last week, probably a week ago today. Um, I did a Q and A with Chris, and um, <laughs> and one of the things that kind of just came up, and obviously it's edited, but if you guys want to check that out, it's on unlvfreepress.com. Once again, it's unlvfreepress.com. But if you guys want to check that out, go ahead and please do so. But the interview was edited, obviously, for printing purposes. It's a lot that goes on in the conversation. But one of the things that we said that I don't think made the final edit was um, we talked about, he talked about, um, I don't want to say necessarily outrage marketing, but he talked about people making a career off of being outraged. And when he said it, I was like, you know what? I was like, I don't know if as reporters we're supposed to have um, a favorite part of an interview. And I told him, but at the same time, too, I'm not your traditional journalist. So I'll tell you what my favorite part of an interview is. I don't, yeah. I don't quite care. So I told him, I was like, I understand that this is a comedian speaking and obviously there are going to be f plenty of funny parts throughout this Q&A, but that's something that I hope people take with them, that if it's not a legit problem, how much do we talk about on the podcast? You don't have to make it a problem. Exactly. Like, if it's not exactly. one, just let it live. Let it breathe. Let it do its thing. So anyway, he was doing his routine and halfway through it, he uh he obviously was looking at everybody in the front row and... um very rarely like did he look over and right before this next thing he kind of looked over and he he went ahead and went into the went into the joke and he kind of went into that and he was like you know what he was like i just don't get it he was like because there are literally journalists who sit at their computer who literally get paid to type a column he said so at some point if their column is about being outraged about something what happens the day that you have to do that same column you're not mad about anything. Like, you, like, <laughs> like now you have to go find something to be outraged yeah, about. He told me, and he it. was like, so now it's branched out to where everybody has their own blog. Social media is so prevalent to where it's like, everybody's doing this. And when the, when the crowd started laughing, he definitely shot me another look. And I was like, I looked at, I looked at whoever I went with and I was like, you know what? I was like, you know why he looked at me, right? I was like, that literally came. He probably wrote that or thought of that right after we had the conversation. So I just, I thought it was kind of dope that it was literally a part of our our conversation used in the bit. And I was like, that's kind of dope. That was kind of cool. So he told us to come by after the show, come to the green room. He was saying after the show that he had, or during the show that he had to, um, that he had to uh, go catch a red eye back to New York. And he, was, he started the show by even saying, um, I've been in Vegas for four days. I need to hug my mom. Like He was like, that's it. He was like, I just don't know what else to say. I've just, I need to hug my mom. He was like, I do. He was like, I just want to go home. He said, honestly, he was like, I, I contemplated walking home. And I was like, I was like, Vegas is undefeated, man. But um, sure enough, uh, he did have to catch a red eye. I didn't know if that was a part of the show or whatever. Yeah. So I gave him a call afterwards. And uh, he was like, yeah, man, like I actually just hopped in the car. I'm on the way to the airport, whatever, whatever. So, really dope on his part. He shot me a text. Because um, my phone was wilding that night, too. Like, I called him, like, an extra two times for no reason. I FaceTimed my friend walking out of the theater. I don't know what happened. Trust me. Um, 
so he shot me a text and was like, hey, man, sorry we couldn't hang out. Da, 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 da. And I'm sitting there like, relax. Like, you yeah, got to you gotta get up out of here. You've been here for a couple of days, whatever, whatever. And like I was telling him, like, that's what I don't think a lot of people, because I told him that was, that was more important, like the text message. Because, I mean, who can honestly say that they watch somebody get off the stage and you shoot them a text real quick? Like, that's different. So I tell people all the time, especially here, and I know you can even attest to it now, and now you can go around and tell people the same things. Yeah. When you build these relationships through your field of work, if you do your job, these things just kind of come with it. Yeah, it just happens. So I'm not going to lie. If Chris did his show and he bombed, I'm there for a review. Like, I mean, that's <laughs> that's just what I'm there for. But he, I, I would hope he understands that and vice versa. The main thing is just about being fair in what you're doing, and I mean... We're going to get into the aces a little bit later, too. But that's one of the things that I always staple you to. And um, I think you kind of talk about that a lot. Uh, kind of just talking about Asia, talking about uh, Coach Lambeer, just talking yeah. about the people that you constantly see on a day in, day out. So, Most definitely. That's definitely uh, how you do it, though, too. I mean, I, I don't know if – I think – didn't we say – I think almost the episode uh, – episode 10 was almost named uh, Network Over Homework. Yeah. Cause that's something that I live by, and I don't know how many teachers I really want to hear that, but you, I tell my academic I, advisor. As I was say, man, <laughs> I don't think a teacher wants to hear that. Uh, probably all. not. Probably but not. That's probably like the biggest thing, like for sure. That you like, you come to college, you think everybody's just like, oh, homework, homework, right? Homework. Like, right. no, it's networking like, over everything. Yeah, it's, and and you kind of just talked about it getting getting here, and once you get here, it's like completely how long did it take you to figure that out it took me about it, it took me a year a year like my freshman year i came in i was like i okay. gotta do this you know what I'm saying? like oh you came over as a freshman yeah so okay it's, like, okay, it's okay. installed in you from high school like oh you gotta do your homework you right. gotta do this you gotta do that right and then it's like when you get here you get that year underneath your belt you're mm -hmm. like oh homework's not really that it's not that it's big but it's not that big of a deal it's not bigger than networking because networking right. you can always you can always go somewhere right networking and and i think what's funny about that because i didn't transfer i mean i transferred over here so i started in uh i went to a community college and i didn't even transfer like from a different state but i started at a community college and transferred i would love to say as a junior but i'm technically starting my senior year this upcoming year so hey, okay. i wasn't a junior we, but anyway we starting our senior year man oh it doesn't do. matter it doesn't it matter doesn't, doesn't matter come august <laughs> when does school start come, come august, august whatever Come August, whatever, we are seniors. But, <laughs> we, are, um, exactly. we are seniors. Senior year about to be lit. But um, extravagant is sensational. <laughs> um, nah, but in all seriousness, um, I almost forgot. What <laughs> Guys, I'm, every time this happens, I'm gonna continue oh, to say episode episode 10 of the od podcast please check that out the od podcast is something independent that we do it's away from the radio station it's away from unlv um aside from sometimes when we shoot yeah. but aside from that it's something that we're doing independently and it just gives you guys a chance to get to know us more on a personal level obviously this show is a sports-based talk show that's what we're going to talk about 90 percent of the time um 95 of the time i'll even give it but uh that podcast it gives us the opportunity to talk. One thing that we talk a lot about is music, but the idea is you guys are listening to me and a group of my friends discussing what college life is like in Vegas <laughs> is essentially what the podcast is. That's that's in a nutshell what the podcast is. So um, 
obviously it's a lot of laughs it's a lot of fun it's uh, a lot different from this radio show so yeah you get to see both sides of the spectrum of all personalities all characters of this cast and um and 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 it's pretty fun and it's pretty dope like i said it's it's a this is a therapy session i've said it before but that's that's a that's a kickback like that's literally a kickback that we just so happen to record so I, I, we we hope you guys actually give that a, uh, give that a chance, but I don't want to get really into too many other like heavy topics right now. Um, when we get back, we'll talk some Las Vegas sports. Um, oh, you know what? Actually, I'll do this now instead because I didn't want to start the show with this and go into something, go into our normal twenty five minutes, first twenty five minutes, um, and joke around and everything. But I'll do a heading into this first little short short break, but um. I reported last week that uh, Maxim Dadashev had suffered uh, brain injuries following his fight. Um, I believe it was Friday night. And I think the day after the show recorded, a day, excuse me, the day after we recorded the show, I think that Tuesday morning, uh, Dadashev passed away from his injuries. Um, and one thing when I text Alex, and I don't know what just happened in the studio, good thing we're not visibly recording it, but Duna got it. But, um, <laughs> But in all serious, in all seriousness, um, when I originally told Alex, um, I think the first thing that came out of Alex's mouth was 28 years old. And, and again, we talk about it on this show a lot. And, um, it's one of those things that we talk about on the show to the point to where we're obviously sports fans. So we we're boxing fans. We're mixed martial arts fans. We're things of that nature. Uh, even football to a lesser degree, not even to a lesser degree, football as well. Um, we're fans of all of these things, and we tell ourselves constantly, like there, there, there are risks. There are risks. There are risks. There's always risk in any sport. For sure. Doesn't matter what it is. And then one of those, in those three sports that I just named, with that much head trauma. It just seems like every now and again you get that you get that hard hit where it kind of is just like reality just slaps you in the face and it's like should I keep doing this right and it it questions I'm sure fight some fighters question it some fighters obviously won't for whatever reason um but it it makes me I don't know what everybody else can uh can attest to but it makes me as a fan question my response my level of responsibility in it and i think that friday hugo sent and i really hope i'm not mispronouncing his name but santian hugo santian passed away from similar injuries from his fight the the night after that fight and he was 23 years old and um I mean, honestly, I'm not even quite sure really what else to say aside from in these situations. It is it's almost numbing because when it happens, you're forced to kind of sit there and so much is going through your mind as a fan because the first thing that I'm that I'm obviously that came to my mind, the first thing that um came to Alex's mind, twenty eight and twenty three. And then I said last week, the one thing that I normally tell myself that helps me kind of get over it or not well, get over like when a, um, like if a person gets knocked out, yeah. that helps me kind of get over that. If it's a super bad knockout, I'm looking at it and I'm like, I have to remember these people sign contracts. 
it was a verbal agreement. It was a written agreement beforehand. And it makes me kind of go about it a different way. Anytime this situation happens, it forces you to sit there and you're like. Why? Okay, but still. Like at some point you're looking yeah. now you're looking at referees and now you're looking at corners and now you you're you're almost inclined and like your body wants to just innately go to point the finger and be like it had to be somebody else like one of you guys could have stopped it. But then this is the part where I say our brain kind of starts to kind of twist because then in the back of my mind I'm like but you always say that there are risks. There's always risks. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there just puzzled like I don't know what to do anymore. I mean, people sign up for the sport knowing what's going to happen regardless. And again, to the families of Maxim Dadashev and Hugo Santian, um, thoughts, well wishes, prayers, condolences. Um, nobody can tell anybody how to deal with losing something, um, especially when it's another human being. Um, you you hate to see it, and nothing in, in times like this can soothe that wound um they say only only time can and once again you guys are listening to talk that talk on 91.5 the rebel hd2 once again you guys are listening to talk that talk on 91.5 the rebel hd2 Leslie, you are never going to believe what I found going through my office the other day. Seriously, I was just going to tell you the same thing. There are some great albums that I discovered when I was cleaning out the prize closet. Wow, I am so excited for the 91.5 Jazz and More Spring Cleaning in the Summer Sale. We'll have music, t-shirts, mugs, whatever else Dave found in his office, all for sale to help support the radio station. That's right, plus some cool raffle items, and of course, the 91.5 Jazz and More DJs will be on hand. It's 91.5 Jazz and Moore's Spring Cleaning in the Summer Sale this Saturday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Get all the details at 915jazzandmore.org. Welcome back. Welcome back. You guys are listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5, the Rebel HD2 KUNV Las Vegas. We are recording live from the basement of UNLV here at the Greenspan Urban Affairs. Every time I'm in this studio, man, I just want to kick my feet up. This is home, man. This is different. This is different. And we about to we about to talk some sports. Um, oh, actually, let me actually sit up and be serious real quick. We have one more serious topic to get to um, really quickly. Um, the wife of Lorenz, yeah, the wife of Lorenzen Wright, uh, former basketball player who was murdered. Um, years back i'm not even sure of the year um and the reason why let me explain why i don't have my computer today that explains why the episode uh for the podcast isn't up that's actually what's uploading why i don't have the podcast so if i sound a little off it's probably because i don't have the computer right in front of me and i'm trying to pull up the other one now but um the wife of lorenzen of lorenzen right pled guilty to um to i think conspiring and kind of cooking up the murder and I remember when the story first broke, and this is this is somewhat of still a podcast conversation, but if I recall correctly, I, and granted I was younger when I heard it, when I originally heard the story, I hope this isn't the wrong story. Um, I think she had told police that and authorities that she that he left with somebody. Somebody came to pick him up. He owed them money or something. She saw them leave, and that was it. Like, she never saw him again. And aside from the story just 
being cut and dry like that and it just not making any sense. I thought, and this is where the podcast conversation comes in, because I thought from a relationship standpoint. <laughs> now, if I owe you some money, I'm going to keep it a band. We're probably going to still be in the car or, or vice versa. We're probably still going to be in the car when you get around to it, you get around to it. If your husband owed that man money who somebody that you can't say is a friend, can't say is somebody that you saw frequently, why would you let your husband get in that car? Exactly. Why wouldn't you even tell him, like, I just don't think that's right? So the fact that if the story was true, the fact that I still had questions about the true story made me not believe it. Made me want to debunk it right away and be like, that sounds like something you just kind of cooked up and threw out there. Just threw out there just for people to leave you alone. So the the guilty plea for me, when my mom even told me, I was like, do you remember the story? And she was like, no. And I was like, I've, I've been kind of low-key maxed out with just work. And I was like, just look into it. Like, because if it's what I remember it to be, this should not surprise you. This shouldn't. And when they found him, um, again, I'm not even going to get too vulgar because we're probably going to talk about it on the um, on the podcast more than likely. Um, when they found, when they explained the way that they found him too, I was just like. It was deeper than that. Yeah, I was like that. Nah, that don't make no sense. So, um, again, uh, to the family of uh, Lorenz and Wright and to Lorenz and Wright, rest his soul. Um, to the family, um, again, thoughts, well wishes, condolences. We've said that far too many times in the past month. From uh, Sweet Pea to Dadashev to Santian, Tyler Skaggs. Um, this year, man. Yeah, man. It's, it's tough. It's a tough, man. It's a tough year. You know, they, they say that uh, a lot more deaths happen in the odd numbers. I've always heard three, though. Not even odd numbers. I've heard three. Like, cut and dry, three. You know what's crazy, too? Because every time I heard that, um, the time that I was hearing that, and people were telling me that I was growing up, and I was like, okay. If that's the case, when it was scary because whenever a celebrity would go, you would kind of look around and be like, okay, that's one. Yeah. Like, and you kind of sit there, and you're like, I don't want it to happen, but, like, let's see if it holds true. And I remember Farrah Fawcett, Michael Jackson, and Billy Mays. And then I remember Gary Coleman, Isaac Hayes, and I think it was Prince. Like, but it started to kind of make me really sit there. And I was like, yo. It makes you really think. Like, is it in threes? So I don't even, I think somebody, because um, when X passed, um, oh, this is about the, Jimmy Wapo from Pittsburgh passed away the same day. Um, oh, yeah. Mac wasn't. Too far away from He was later on I'm trying to figure out Who is he closer to But yeah But that, that kind of Just goes back to the point Though of like threes It's just been a lot man It's been a lot And like you said This year has been Heavy Very yeah, heavy. For any and everybody So Like I've noticed that When I was In high school That you know Everybody It's it's always the It's always the odd numbers The odd numbers Take up the most deaths And I don't even know Why it happens But it just happens so, man, let's get to some sports talk. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, we always start off with Las Vegas. We're obviously in the city, and Vegas is, regardless of what you think, a sports town. Trust me. 
Um, yes. So let's talk about some of the stuff that the sport has um, held. Let's talk about what the sport has held first. I actually wanted to do the second, but we'll do it first. It doesn't matter. Um, let's talk about what the state has, what the state has held so far. WNBA. Oh, let me go ahead and get this out of the way, too. I'm not trying, and nothing against the Aces, because you know how I've tried before. Yeah, <laughs> plenty of times, but. I'm not attempting to cover the Aces anymore. Why not? I'm just not. Because <laughs> I'm just not. I've reached out. I'm not even going to lie. And anybody who knows me, they're going to be kind of shocked because I don't do this. Because I value my time. So I look at situations like I'm going to try two, three times, maybe if I really want to do it four. I'm good on that. Once we get to about time eight, nine, ten, which is about probably where I'm at, starting from when we first got the WNBA team, because I did a feature with uh, Sequoia Holmes. Oh, that's dope. So that was that was before they even moved out. So I was covering the team before they got here. So that's why now I'm just kind of like, I don't know what, what it is, <laughs> but trust me. I I have other things to fill the time. So I was just like, okay, cool. Duna got it. Somebody else will get it. Um, I don't know if anybody else from the paper is trying, but hopefully somebody yeah, does. Man, I've been trying. Lately, I've been trying. Lately, I mean, I've it's booming. Trying. It's booming, man. Uh, and we've already talked about the Aces leading the yeah. Western Conference um, heading into this All-Star break. Um, tie for first for the best record, though. Yeah, tie for first for the best overall record. And just having the grand stage here in Vegas – shows shows the level shows two different things shows it puts vegas back on that um back in that light again in terms of hosting uh all-star festivities i think the last time was 2007 with uh with uh the nba, NBA yeah, at the NBA. thomas and mac so and i heard that the city was like recovering after that like i heard that nba all-star weekend took a lot out of the city like obviously there's no regrets about it, but I heard it was just like I mean, it was kinda it was it was big, you know. Yeah, like, I mean it's not, a full four days. Not really used to that. <laughs> that is true. The team not nobody really. had a team or you guys didn't have a team at that time. So, so you, yeah, you guys are like, learning. We're learning. So now that we had a, a all star break here, like right. it was it was dope. Like it's it's something that we want to see ongoing, especially, you know, next year we having the Raiders. Right. So like this is something that we're ready for. We got the hockey team here, yep. so it's like, man, it's it's just crazy to see <laughs> Vegas just go up with sports and for sure. Just embrace it, support. Like they had um, for the Aces, they threw like a little, they threw like a whole bunch of teddy bears. They brought teddy bears to the stadium, threw Dope. it all, threw it all out there uh, on the court. Um, and I felt like fans are like embracing the moment. They're like taking it all in, soaking it all up and just going all out there supporting. Like fans are like, um, like you see fans like with face paint and all, like they're all, all for it, man. Like that's, that's awesome to see. Cause we're not, we're not the Lakers. We're not the Steelers, the Patriots, the Packers. We're not those big, Shout out to Green Bay. those big market sports teams. You know what I'm saying? We're not those, we're not, we're not that yet. Bet on it. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at the group chat. Because um, somebody sent the what do you mean text. And I, I, anytime you see a text with what you two mean? question marks, I just I, par I get paranoid. People lost. Yeah, I see two question marks and I instantly, I'm like, huh? Um, what do you mean? What do I mean? Um, and so, yeah. So, let's talk a little bit about uh, 
I didn't get to see too much of the weekend because obviously I I was working, but um I did see some of the highlights. The All Star game I caught, yeah. but uh, I did see some of the highlights from the. I think I got the notification about the three point contest, but the skills challenge, of course, I seen the highlight about Brittany, Brittany Griner. Um, she's gonna be known as like the. <laughs> I was about to say she's gonna be known as the Wilt or like the Bill Russell of the WNBA because the frequency at which she does it, I don't think she's gonna be the last woman to do it at this rate. But I think because she's the first, is gonna. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, man. Somebody is going to. You think somebody come into the WNBA one day and try to pass it up? What I think people are going to do it eventually, but I think somebody's going to the same way. I have to be honest, the same way that we look at the NBA and we're just like they're breeding different animals like they're like <laughs> we didn't go to high school with this. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at Bronny's Bronny Jr.'s team and I'm like, bro, the dog, ed- what his bro, the uh, center is six. What is he? Six, six, seven and unfair, grade, unfair and way like. Two two hundred and fifty. He weighs more than. All right, I'm not doing it. Um, <laughs> I'm Bro, not. But that's just like for an eighth grader. I didn't hit six foot until I got to high school. I, I didn't hit six till after high school, actually. But I'm just saying, like at a at a rate like that, bro. <laughs> he's not even. He's in eighth grade. You said he's six seven. Yeah. About six seven. In eighth grade. In eighth grade. Maybe six eleven. Maybe six eleven and be a ball handler. But anyway, if we're talking about if we're talking about it that the NBA is just breeding different animals and they're just breeding different people, I'm telling you, man, we're gonna get somebody one day. We're going to get a woman who can dunk, bro. And when I say that, I'm trying not to like go and say like because if I say, and this is what I mean, if I do, uh, and this can be a segment, we, we haven't did it, it's out there now for a really long time, so this is my bold, it's out there now. People are going to freak out if I say a woman's going to come into the league with the Russell Westbrook athleticism, because Russell Westbrook, you can't find a man that can do what Russell Westbrook can do almost. Um, but what I mean by that is Russell Westbrook standards for a woman, for that, for that, for that league, excuse me. We're going to get one, bro. And I think because Brittany is showing us that it can be done. It doesn't have to be a rare occurrence. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be honest, bro. Watching the All-Star game, every time they kind of went crazy, I'm sitting there like, I don't know how I would be in the arena right now because I would definitely be looking around like, dog, she does this. Yeah, like, I I don't know. Like, it's different. What are we shocked you, about? It's different when you're, on, when you're in the arena than when you are at home. I think no, bro. I'm gonna be completely honest, bro. <laughs> I, I, I I'm gonna be completely. I, 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 I'm not arguing it. The reason, the maybe I am. The reason why I might <laughs> argue it is because, bro, it is what you make it. And regardless of true. being at the house or there, that is true. If you think that the people are clapping and they shouldn't be clapping, and you're at the house, I'm gonna think the same thing when I'm there. <laughs> I am. It's not. It's not. It's not discrediting her, but it's giving her more credit. It's like stop treating her like I'm. A, I'm gonna give you a, a somewhat of a comparison. Last night at the comedy show, the opener Dan DePaula said the same thing 
that Chris said. Anytime they said anything and the crowd went aw, I think Chris said it best. Chris laughed and was like, what are you on for? Like, I have to live it. Like, it's my life. Either laugh or don't laugh. Like, he was <laughs> like, don't aw. It makes me feel worse. Like, don't do that. Like, either laugh at it or don't. Either ch- cheer, cheer the on. dunk. Like, it's a cheer shout out. Or don't. But the whole, oh, my God. I'm not going to lie. Now, if Diana Taurasi get out there and she do that, now we can kind of look around. But Brittany, like, like, Brittany is going to, we're not going to realize Brittany's worth, like extreme worth, because we obviously value her like tremendously right now. We're not going to understand her extreme worth until we start seeing women that have that Brittany Griner mentality without the Brittany Griner hype. Hey, right quick, I think, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think, cause like since the like since the All-Star, All-Star break, you know, and everybody's been seeing Brittany Griner dunk and everything, right. you know, I'm just like you're so you kind of supposed to do that with Brittany that, when you're yeah, that tall. Yeah, when you're that tall. But then also <laughs> I seen this video of when she said she would beat Demarcus Cousins one on one, and that was the most asinine statement in history. <laughs> because I'm on record, and this is one of the it's out there that is on record, and Alex can attest to it. When healthy. And I think Boogie's going to get back healthy one day. When healthy, <laughs> and I'm going to say this again, when healthy, I think Boogie is a top three big man in this league, and I'm not playing. Oh, yeah, of course. When healthy, I look at somebody like Joel Embiid, and I'm like, Boogie can do what you do. He, The only reason why I would probably take Joel Embiid, he protects the rim better. That's it. Yeah. That's it. But honestly, I'm looking at Boogie, and up until recently – I knew Boogie could play a season. I'm worried about Boogie getting text. Other than that, I know Boogie is a walking 28 and 12. Six. 28, 12, and six. Oh, yeah, period. 28, 12, six. With the still or two. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, so, I, just, I just figured, like, if people were to actually get that one-on-one, people would actually see that Brendan Gardner is actually pretty good. I don't Wait, time on. Hold on. Wait, hold on. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Like, no, I'm not saying she'll beat him. That's not what I'm saying. Wait, time on. Are you saying that it would be competitive? No. But So what are you but talking like, about? But like what I'm saying is like <laughs> she'll actually show like her skills. How? Because you're you're forced to play. It's man versus woman, dog. It you're forced to play. Bro, it's Boogie versus Brittany Griner. <laughs> exactly. It's not my point. just man versus woman. It's it's Boogie. Like you have to show that you can play ball. Like you have to. Like you can't. I don't be think like, she. You know what's funny? I think and this this might actually take off because I think somebody like Stephen A. would look at Boogie and be like he's Howard and be like an unhealthy Boogie. Maybe Brittany Griner can beat. No disrespect to Brittany Griner, bro. The way that Boogie played in Game Six of the NBA Finals, where he was running at about sixty percent. If we're talking about a one-on-one where you don't have to run, I'm still taking Boogie, bro. I'm taking a 60% Boogie over 100% Brittany Griner every day. Every day. Now, if you tell me something different and you're telling me that it's a one-on-one, but it's her against... I'm not doing it. Never mind. <laughs> I'm not doing <laughs> like, it. Never mind. You see I'm not I'm, doing you see, it. You see where I'm going, though? Like, if, if it was somebody else... like Definitely not Boogie. We're not doing that. We're yeah, not doing... Like, we're not doing... Y'all, y'all gonna stop playing Boogie. No, nah, I'm not playing Boogie, but I just feel like she actually like have to show that she has skill against Boogie. You know what? I have I, you have to create all types of different dynamics. You'll have to give her a, a power forward like a Gordon Hayward and tell them no threes and like 
only post moves. Only like post moves, that's right. the only way that Brittany Griner would, and it would have to be somebody that's her size, which is a small forward in the NBA. Which is that's hard to. Come and up. I still think Brittany <laughs> might have some issues. <laughs> she's at small forward. Yes, I think Brittany might have she's, some issues. She's so definitely gonna have some issues. We could put the Brittany and Boogie one on one to bed because we we already know what's going on. But um, but let's talk a little bit about it. I was happy to see the uh, All Star game be as intense as it was. And when I mean, I should say intense. Um. As competitive as it was, it's always good to see people go for no. And this is what I actually need to make sure I get my um, computer up for and computer up and running for. Man, it was actually a great show. I was just about to say, cause, were you there? No, I actually watched it. You watched it on TV. So, yeah. but still, you've been covering WNBA this year. Talk a little bit about what you um, the highlights that you saw. And I don't mean necessarily highlight plays, but things that you were able to take away from the game. Uh. Man, it's like I said, it's different when you're there and when you're watching it at home. Okay, okay. But um, I definitely like they're having fun, man. Like they actually like got skills. Like most people just be like, oh, they're just women playing basketball, but they actually got skills. You know, they go out there and have fun. They play ball. Um, I just I looked at it and was just like, there's more to it than just skills. For sure. Like, there's more to it than just skills. And it's like, this is, like, my first year, like, actually being involved with the WNBA. You know what I'm saying? So, knowing stuff like that. But um, it shows, like, women actually got problems, too, that the men got in the NBA. And what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is, like, um, men aren't the only ones that got tribulations to actually getting themselves into oh, positions. You absolutely know? not. And I want to say, shout out to Egg Wheeler. Erica, Erica Wheeler. We were Wheeler. actually that's that's who Erica I was actually Wheeler. googling because before you even get into that um, that story because it, it is it's a beautiful story. Two things I want to touch on. You're right. Yeah. I would actually argue that maybe they deal with more because they're women and because yeah. they don't get their stories out. So like I'll I'll, I'll tell you from this perspective, uh, the Sequoia Holmes feature. I'm gonna be completely honest. This is why I tell people all the time. You never know your power because. I wanted to do the story when they were moving out. I looked at their roster and I seen the Sequoia went to UNLV. So I was like, and she's from Vegas. So I was like, that would be pretty dope. <laughs> that's easy. That's a line drive. That's a homer. So I'm like, that's, you know, off contact, that's a homer. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So I didn't have a way to get in contact with her. I shot my shot on Twitter. I literally added her and was like, yo, I'm doing this story on the move. You want to talk to us? You're a Vegas native. She liked the tweet, hit, responded, DM me. And I was like, or retweeted it and DM me. And I was like, hmm, you don't say. And shout out to Sequoia Holmes because she actually just started a blog. And she kind of talked. I think the first blog post was about um, the comparison of playing professionally here and play, playing professionally overseas. And she was just talking about the different challenges that you got to deal with in both places. And I thought it was an interesting aspect for people who obviously do male and female who want to um, – play professional sports just to kind of weigh those options because she literally went through what she was going through in her head. and um, But that all started, like I said, from a random tweet that I just sent out and was like, how you how you like this one? And um, the second thing I actually want to get into is because when you watched her play, you said that you can tell that some people can be motivated by different stuff and things of that nature. I always love watching all-star games to where the starters sometimes, for the most part, they they chill. They're starting. They're trying not to get hurt. They're focused on other things. They're trying to have fun, trying to think of potential new teammates, whatever. Once you see that person where you're just like, oh, 
because I remember I think it's when it was in New Orleans when All Star Game was in New Orleans. Steph Curry, he he was mic'd up, and I think it was like the second quarter. They're halfway going through it, and he looked at the bench when Anthony Davis was going off, and he was like, "Guys, just in case you did not know, he's going for it. Like, <laughs> just so you know, he's going for it. Like, he he didn't let it be known. He's not passing the ball. He wants it. Like you saw it with Giannis last year. It was like with the with the little. Oh, he's going. Loop. <laughs> oh, he wants it. Like he he wants it. So you can see it. Um, Russell Westbrook, two or three years before, like you looking at it, like, oh, he wanted that. You you can see he came out firing. He was ready. And Russell Westbrook might have one of the great when he retires. He might have one of the greatest All Star Game montages because Russell might catch fire in an All Star Game unlike any other. When he pulled up and he made like that third three in a row and he was just staring at the rim. And he started fanning himself off. I started crying. I was like, nothing beats Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is always a mood. Anytime Russell Westbrook is mad as a reporter, I'm a journalist. The first thing I say. It has to be. What did you do? <laughs> it has to be with the reporter. What did you it, do? It's automatically the reporter. Like, I just got the thing. Like, you asked. The, you probably, what did you say? Like, some reporters, <laughs> I am not going to lie. Some reporters do oh, be they asking ask for it. some some. Like some some common sense questions, and you just sitting there like as a journalist, like on the opposite end, you know, because I played sports too. But it's like, right. why would you? Ask you try that to just question? shoot a look, like, <laughs> like okay, I'm gonna mind my business, but I'm gonna give you a quick look, like, you know, what? all right, I'm gonna ask a different question that he's gonna feel comfortable, more comfortable <laughs> with asking because you just got hit back. And like you said, they know it right away too. Wasn't it Chris Paul that literally told a reporter like, you got to do better? <laughs> like I think that. I think that was Chris Paul, bro. That's hilarious. We're going to get back to Erica Wheeler because, trust me, she deserves all the shine in the world. But, um, but yeah, but that was just the two points that I kind of wanted to touch on. And in looking at her highlights, I was like, oh, she's going for it. Yeah. I was like, she got a point to prove. So she's undrafted. Can you get, in, get into her story a all little right, bit? Yeah, she's undrafted out of records. And then um, she was cut by Atlanta. And then, um, like she's 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 been around, you know, saying New York, Indiana, um, and she lost her uh, she lost her uh, mother from cancer, mother and I think her best friend from cancer. Mm -hmm. So she's uh, she's kind of been dealing with that, you know. And um, her thing was, uh, I think she wore the chain. She wore the chain that mm -hmm. said, "Mama, I'm an all star," and mm -hmm. she kind of like picked that up and was like, "I'm finna." This is finna be my All-Star game. This is finna be my week. I'm finna go do it. I'm finna give it everything I got because I'm an All-Star now. Yeah. So, and it's something like she promised, she worked for, you know, like I said, everybody's had tribulations. Like, you've been doubted. You've been cut. You know what I'm saying? You've been undrafted. And you come out and you show people, like, you showcase your talent at the All-Star week, which is, like, pretty much the best way to do it. No better way. You know, and, and I, oh, go ahead, keep going, because I, I thought you were done, because I just wanted to oh, point yeah, out something. Oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You sure? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, I just wanted to look at something, because I wanted to go back and just look at some, name some of the previous All-Star Game MVPs, because you just mentioned that she was undrafted, but I just want to mention some of the dominance that we've seen in terms of uh, WBA All-Star Game MVPs, but the last three before Erica Wheeler was Maya Moore. And nothing to take away from Erica Wheeler by no means, but Maya Morris said not this year um, yeah. for personal reasons. So she won the previous three before that. Shoni Schimmel uh, for the Atlanta Dream previous or prior to that. Candace Parker was the 2013 game All-Star game. Oh, excuse me, 2013 All-Star game MVP. Um, and then it was Swing Cash back-to-back -back year. So that's actually where I'm going to stop. But um, 
Yeah, man. When like, when you look at the last Okay, so what's that? It's ten years. The last ten years. You got two Swin Cash years, a Candace Parker year, a Shoney Shimmel year, and three Maya Moore years. And then you have Erica Wheeler's year. She's definitely in the that's that's it was a big that's, name. That's elite that class. Just, like, that's that, an elite that's, class. That's definitely big names that you just name. Like, like for, and for her to be among them, like that's pretty. You you're you've accomplished you've accomplished something so big, like. And the, there's not going to be a game next year because the uh, 2020 Summer Olympics. However, in 2021, she will look to be only the. Let me double check. She will look to only. She will look to be only the fourth. Back-to-back WNBA All-Star Game MVP. But if you guys are just tuning in, we're still within the first. We're still within the first hour of the show. You guys are listening to Talk That Talk on ninety-one point five, the Rebel HD two KUNV Las Vegas. We are recording live from the basement of UNLV here at the Greenspun Urban Affairs. I almost said something else that wasn't Greenspun. <laughs> um, I am your host Terrell Chatterbox Emerson in with Duna, aka. Now I'm going to give you the real name, Deontay Hagler. Shout out to Alex White, who was hard at work during summer cheer camp. Um, One thing, I really hope you guys aren't outside. She just got to bring the chips. With the dip. (laughs) With the dip. And I don't know if, and again, this is a podcast conference. This might be a whole, like, kind of podcast episode. But one thing I want to bring up, too, when Drake set the part in No Guidance, because I told you guys before, He's he I think he's talked to Medina before about the show or like she she mentioned it, whatever the case may be. When I heard Flex O D, Sex O D, and No Guidance, I was like, obviously it's not necessarily a shout out, but I just wonder how much of it is just him hearing it and, re- and it just his memory bank unknowingly storing O D. Just that little moment. I'm not obviously saying that that's the first time he's ever used O D, but I'm just saying to hear it obviously frequently um he just celebrated the championship there she he they, she took the picture we tagged the picture we posted it on the od podcast i think the caption was ha he ha he energy od i don't know man i'm not gonna lie i, I heard it and i was like it, it make you feel good like is, is i'm gonna take it is, <laughs> i was like i'm gonna take it is, is that a shout out I'm gonna take it. It's you know Aspen. I'm gonna I'm it, call it's it. It's Drake. One. It's Drake. So you have to take it. Oh what, bro? I'm gonna call it, it one. You have to. That's take a shout out. That's a friend of the show. That means we got more coming. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, didn't I? Didn't I already say the episode? Two? No, this is not the podcast. Never mind. <laughs> um. Once again, this is Talk That Talk on ninety one point five, the Rebel HD two KUNV, the Rebel um the broadcast service of UNLV. Um, aviators. Aviators is the next thing I actually want to get to. The aviators. Wow, have been just setting records like all left and right. Um, let me just give a quick shout out to Mark Payton. Mark Payton, um, racking in the 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 season awards. He's bringing in. I think he won Player of the Week three times this year. So I recently uh, did a, a short about him, uh, and it's funny because being around the guys and just being around a dugout and uh, being around a clubhouse and um, just talking to these guys on the phone or text or whatever the case may be with just different people. It's funny to see. It's funny to, to be around during the whole season because you literally, you're there during the ups and downs. And I remember me and Seth Brown was having, me and Brownie were having a conversation one day and uh, we were in the dugout. It was during BP and we were talking about walk-up music. And he said something about like, he had went through like a cold stretch and Mark Payton had his bat and Mark was like, and he looked up at the um 
at the scoreboard and was like, dude, you have 15 home runs in the middle of June. <laughs> he was like, am I supposed to feel sorry for you? He was like, I don't, I don't have, no, like I'm not doing that. And I think Mark at the time, I'm not even sure how many Mark had at the time. When I tell you, I don't know what Mark has been eating the past like two weeks. He's spazzing. Like every bar that every ball that Mark touches leaves the park. So it's just funny because now next time I see Mark, if he says anything about a stretch, I'm gonna look at him and be like, "You're ripping the cover off the ball. Like we're supposed to feel sorry for you." <laughs> Like we don't, so it's just it's, it's dope to see Mark Payton literally fine, and and he he bats toward the bottom of the lineup. He's somebody that with his speed and with the way that he battles at the plate, you kind of want him. Well, he's not want him, but you're, he's ideal at the top of the lineup or the bottom of the lineup because he's gonna run the pitch count up regardless. Nothing worse than thinking that you got a nine hole hitter who's gonna be an easy out, and he runs the pitch count up twenty pitches during that batting or twelve pitches during that batting. You're like. Yeah. can't get this guy out and then he gets to the point to where now he's a power hitter man look you gotta change your game so i don't now i don't know how you pitch that's, him that's, that's probably what it was he probably was like you know i, I can't feel bad for him but <laughs> i feel bad for myself and i gotta change my game so let me fix it so let me fix it and if you yeah. i don't know if brownie <laughs> told him something i don't know if brownie gave him gave him some advice i don't know if Something changed, but I, I, it's one of those things. Different. Like you see, you see your teammate doing good, and you like, all right. So what did I got to? It's do that to competition. Fix? Yeah, what did I got to do to fix my game? You know, and you think like in baseball, you like, man, ain't nothing. You just got to hit it back. No, there's ways you got to hit that bat. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's it's a science to it, and I've told people all the time. I think when I look at football, I look at the quarterback position. Everybody's like, oh, it's the hardest one. I don't mean to diminish it, but I'm like, all right, cool. But if I had to – fine. Let's say that the quarterback is the toughest position for everything that they have to account for when their team is in is on offense, ball is in their hand 90% of the time, whatever the case may be. Cool. I'll give you that. I think cornerback is the hardest cornerback. because if you're alone, oh, you dog, you're alone. <laughs> like there's no – the, it's you and the rest of the field. Like that's literally – the cornerbacks don't get enough credit. Like we take people like for – like seriously – I know we've seen some great cornerbacks and like, but there's been this like Jalen Ramsey. There's been this up and down where like you don't the D your DB your best DB of the year has switched a couple times. I think the last time it was really consensus for me was Eric Berry, and I think he was a safety. So it's still one of those situations where you look at the cornerback position and you're like, ah, I, I'll take him first, and then you'll probably look at somebody and be like, well, cool, I'll take him first, and now we all got an argument. We looked at Darrell Revis and was like, don't throw to that side. Yeah, that Revis Island. Now, I think that's what I mean because now we have to look back and we have to realize people like Darrell Revis, people like Deion Sanders are so rare, bro. Like that position is one of the hardest positions. I think there's – I think a person can have a bad – I mean, can have a great year and stink the rest of their career. I, I think – I think now, yeah, I can give it to the corners because they got to guard like people like Julio Jones, A B. Like, what AB, happens when A B lines up in the slot? Like, you, bro, I don't know what he's about to do right now. <laughs> like, I don't know what he could. He could. Never mind. Like, you, you just gotta like think about oh, all man. these receivers that they got to guard now. But like back then, I'll say quarterback because if you look at the way you 
you got to fit the ball in to make a, a it's a tight windows pass. for sure it's tight windows everywhere so those those passes definitely got to go got to go in so i'll probably say now corner back then quarterback for sure yeah, quarterback is getting a little easier to play, I'm guessing, because Max Max Kellerman would obviously say you can't touch the quarterback. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but we're obviously going to get back into football. But the uh, reason why I say that is because something has just switched for the aviators and just clicked because 